Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Web3 Business Podcast, helping you navigate the future of business. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Web3 Business Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for innovative thinkers who want to know what works in the world of Web3. Today, I'm going to be joined by Prater, who is the lead moderator at Zen Academy, and we're going to explore something really important, which is community development and how to develop a really loyal following. Prater has been involved with this community for a very long time. He's one of the OGs in the space when it comes to really developing a loyal community. And this is kind of one of the central, I think, tenets of really great NFT projects. So I hope you really enjoyed today's interview. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram, at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter, and at Web3Examiner on Warpcast. If you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you don't miss any of our future content because we got some superstars coming up on the show. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Prater. Helping you to simplify your Web3 journey, here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Prater. If you don't know who Prater is, he's the head moderator at Zen Academy. Zen Academy is an educational community that helps onboard artists and investors into Web3. Prater is responsible for developing community at Zen Academy. Prater, how are you doing today? Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Thank you very much for having me. I'm doing very well. Thank you. I'm super excited you're here today. Prater and I are going to explore community development for Web3 projects. But before we go there, I would love to hear your story. How the heck did you get into NFTs and into Web3? Start wherever you want to start. Yeah, absolutely. So like a lot of people, I first heard about crypto back in 2017 during a little bit of a mania. And it's funny because my background is in Web2 and in finance. So 
you'd think I have a pretty good sort of knowledge base to get it straight away. And I just did not. It made absolutely no sense to me. The mania subsided. I kind of forgot about it. So then fast forward to 2021. I was listening to a bunch of podcasts and in around February or March or so, I noticed that suddenly a whole bunch of people started talking about these things called non-fungible tokens. And the interesting thing to me was that it was not just the real techie podcasts. It was also, you know, business people and it was journalists and it felt like everyone wanted to know what an NFT was. And so I became one of those people as well. And so I really just jumped into it headfirst. I was working from home at the time. One of those people talking was Gary V. My first NFT project ended up being V Friends, actually, and kind of jumped into Discord for the first time. I got a Twitter account for the first time. I hadn't had Twitter before the world of crypto and NFTs. Wow. And I was just absolutely kind of entranced by the space. And it's funny because I think back to making my first NFT purchase, and some of those V Friends were selling for multiple ETH when ETH was you know, $4,000 US, right? And so you think about it, and I mean, I can count on like one hand with a couple of fingers the amount of times I spent that much money on physical items, never mind this random picture on the internet of, you know, something I sort of barely understood. So that was a big, big leap of faith for me. And then over the next six months, I got deeper and deeper into the space. And you got to remember, like the context for 2021 is that it was very early, crazy things were going on, it was a lot of bull market hype stuff. People seemed like they were making money really, really easily. And so my big takeaway from the first six months, my conclusion as 30-year-old men are wants to do was, I'm amazing at this. I'm a hero. You know, I'm, you know, I'm just the best at trading NFTs. This is fantastic. And then the market slows. And suddenly maybe things are not so profitable. And I think that was the big turning point for me when I started to think more seriously about what am I doing here? Do I want to be here? Why am I here? You know, what actually makes this special? So that was sort of my first six months intro into the crazy space. I think that was the summer of 2021, approximately when Gary came out with Friends, right? Because mm -hmm. I remember looking at it and I was like, what is an ETH? I don't even understand what a half of an ETH is, right? Like, <laughs> like, like, what is this currency and what is this thing? And then all of a sudden feeling this FOMO because it just went nuts, right? And it was like so many people, Absolutely. so many people that I've had in the show was either V friends or it was like top shots, you know, were the ones that got them into this space. So then all of a sudden in like what it was later that year, right? Like November when things started kind of going down right into, into the spring of last year. Exactly. If, I, if I'm thinking correctly and my timeline is correct. And it was actually in January of that year that I started this show. So, okay. So you're, you feel like you're on top of the world because everything is going up and then all of a sudden everything is going down and you're like, what's going on? So, so somewhere along the line, Zen Academy enters into the equation, right? So tell yeah. me how that all worked out. I mean, it was just such... Zen Academy was there, was exactly there when I needed it to be. It was just, it was an absolute re revelation to discover because as all of this sort of stuff was happening in the market, here was Zeneca and here was his community, Zen Academy, just talking about sensible things, right? How to manage your money, taking profits. Here's how you should think about risk. Here's what you should look for when you're evaluating teams or projects. And it was just this oasis in the space. 
And so where previously I was jumping between 50, 60 discords a day, trying madly not to miss the next NFT project that would go crazy, Zen Academy became the place that I wanted to come back to every single time with people that I felt were A, good people, and B, people who made me better and smarter and more educated about the space. And so that's how Zen Academy became my day-to-day go-to. Well, and we've had Zeneca on the show. Uh, He comes from the poker world, professional poker world, right before he started. And I encourage everyone to go back and listen to that. So I would imagine you joined the community and perhaps you ended up purchasing one of his NFTs. Maybe you didn't, but tell us a little bit about how your participation with Zeneca's community ultimately led you down the trail to taking on some work, working for him as his head moderator. Yeah, it was another sort of example of just being at the right place at the right time in a lot of ways. You know, I joined Zen Academy probably two months before Zeneca ended up launching the NFT collections, the Genesis letter and the Through the Three letter. And I was, you know, and to begin with, it was because I was just there quite a lot. Because when I got into NFTs and when I found Zen Academy, I was, I'm in New York now, but I was actually still in Australia at the time. And it's great and it's terrible. It's great because, well, it's terrible firstly, because everything happens overnight. You go to sleep, the US does its thing, you wake up the next morning and you go, great, what terrible or fantastic thing happened overnight? The good thing about that though, is that you really learn to come to terms with your decisions. You need to make sure that you can sleep at night with whatever you're doing in Web3. But I would wake up every morning and I would check Zen Academy specifically. I would read every single thing that Zeneca wrote overnight. But I would catch up on everything and I would talk to people and I was just around a lot. And so as Zeneca was looking to expand the team with more moderators, he reached out to me one day and I double-checked that it was the real Zeneca because I didn't believe it at first and was sort of very happy to, to sort of say yes. And then as that sort of grew and as the space started to mature a little bit, what we found was that that there were increasingly scams, right? Security, as many of us know in the space, is just not what it should be and what it needs to be to make the ordinary person feel safe. But back then it was particularly Wild West. And what was happening was that a lot of Discord servers were being attacked, accounts were being compromised, And then community members were losing NFTs and crypto as a result of those scans. And that happened one day while I was on duty as a mod in Zen Academy. I was just happened to be the person at my desk. And I guess you could say, you know, led, quote unquote, the the response to reacting to it and, and, and shutting it down in a lot of ways, communicating what happened. And also then posted, was really involved in the postmortem of trying to figure out what happened and communicating with people and trying to shut those things down. And so a a little bit after that, Zeneca was very kind to offer me, yeah, essentially the head mod position. And I think a lot of what that means is that some of the more difficult problems and the challenges that we get end up getting escalated to, to me from the rest of the team. So how long have you been in this role, just out of curiosity? We're recording this at near the end of April, 2023. About 18 months. Wow, okay. Which is crazy to say. Wow. Yeah, so most actually now the majority of my time in Web3. Is spent working inside of the community for y- yes. Zeneca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. 
has has been with with Zen Academy. It has been yeah, it's it's just a really incredible journey. Zeneca is wonderful and has just the gift of bringing really amazing, talented people around him. And we have been so lucky to have been so well served by our community, by our, our NFT collectors and the people who follow us and who follow Zeneca's, uh, Zeneca's, Zeneca's content. I really do feel really, really lucky to have to be where I am, essentially. Very cool. Well, thank you, first of all, for sharing your story, Prater. I would say there are very few people in the NFT community that have been doing what you've been doing as long as you've been doing it, you know, for a community that's as well known. This is part of the reason why I wanted to bring you on the show is because you got a lot of wealth of knowledge. There's people listening today that maybe don't understand why community development and why community moderation is so critical in the world of Web3. Perhaps they're not yet deeply entrenched inside this world and they don't really understand why this role is such a critical role. We've had Amanda Gadbau, aka Stevie on, who is in a similar role for Proof and the Moonbirds community. But I would love to hear from your perspective, like why is this role so critical? Talk to those who maybe don't understand the importance of it. So let me start with the development side of things and then turn to the moderation and my role specifically. So I think community building and community, I am fully aware, is a word that sort of gets thrown out a lot as a, as a bit of a buzzword. But to me, that really is my central thesis for why I'm in NFTs and Web3 to begin with. I think that's what makes it so, what makes the technology so special. So generally, I found that when you ask people about why they're in Web3, they're, they're typically fans of one of sort of two things. One, sort of the pseudonymous decentralized nature of the blockchain. And the other is the ability to build community. And the latter is really what I resonate with. So NFTs and the blockchain are incredible because they allow you to build deep and meaningful relationships with your biggest fans, your biggest customers, with just like-minded people, unencumbered by the walled gardens of Web2. And then in turn, it allows those fans to have a level of access and benefits to you, the creator, the project, the founder, the brand, as reward for their loyalty, right? And so the example that I always go back to is if I buy Nike shoes, for example, Nike might know that I'm a big fan because I buy lots of stuff from their website, but they don't necessarily know if I buy them from other places in the ecosystem. And on top of that, what if I could prove that I actually rep their brand by wearing their sneakers, not just resell them, for example, because my shoes are digitally linked to an NFT. And then Nike can decide that they wanted fans of those shoes to show up at a LeBron game. And that NFT gives you early access to event tickets, right? Does that make me a better customer? Does that make me want to spend more money? Of course it does. It rewards me as a member of that community. And so community of development is important because that relationship, the ability to build those relationships, that visibility is at the heart of what is so promising about Web3. Now, community moderation and cultivating your community is important because that allows you to select your audience that you want to build those relationships with. And so if you're Nike, it matters whether you want to reward, for example, sneaker resellers, and there's nothing wrong with that, or it's the sneaker wearers, for example. And so that community is the flywheel of what makes NFTs work as a technology and as a product. And moderation is really the funnel and then the building 
that allows you to take advantage of the potential of that technology. Very cool. And what I really would add in here is uh, having belonged to a lot of different communities, it seems that the communities that do this well, that develop and moderate a really good community tend to have the most loyal followers. And that's really important because loyalty in this world is really critical because NFT projects in particular have values associated with them that can drop based on marketplace maneuvers or based on actions from the founders. And sometimes it's the most loyal community members that feel like they're part of that tribe, quote unquote. They're the ones that are going to stick with you through the good and through the bad and through the ugly. And if you don't do any of this, then you won't have those people. They'll just simply move on to the next project. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. You know, we live in, you know, a relationship economy and attention economy. And so I think, you know, strengthening those bonds is not just, you know, something that is good for businesses and projects and creators and brands to do. It's really, really essential because how many different directions are we pulled in these days between social media and advertising and other people that kind of want to capture that attention? How valuable is that attention? Even if you take the commercial aspect of it, like how valuable is your time as an individual, as a consumer, as a human being? And so really, really, really trying to drive value to the things that matter to you and aligning yourself and your time with brands that share those values, I think is really, really important. Okay, so speaking of values, how do you slash how should we, and again, I speak to you as someone who represents a particular community, Zen Academy. So how do we, what can we learn from what you've learned about communicating our values and ultimately nurturing that community so that people feel like they wanna be part of it? I think number one, the most important thing is that you have to understand why you're here to begin with. You know, what do you value and what makes you tick? And there's no judgment on whatever that might be. Some causes, some values are nobler, more grandiose. We want to educate people. We want to onboard people into the space. And others can be, I just want to have fun. I just want to make money, whatever it is. There are communities around all those things and they're all equally valid. But you have to understand why so that you can then act accordingly. Once you understand your why, I think it's then really about building your core community, understanding who you want to be, to be who you want to be your first hundred community members, first thousand community members. And something that we talk a lot about at Zen Academy is doing the unscalable, scaling the unscalable. What that means is this. We try and spend time to scale things that other teams don't have the patience to do, don't have the skills to do, don't have the ability to do. And that's what we try and focus on. So a really good example is when we launched the 333 Club, which is a smaller token-gated group as part of Zen Academy that really focused on founders who wanted to take advantage of Zeneca's ex expertise and as an advisor and a consultant. I know Zeneca's talked about this. He handpicked those people one by one, application by application. Now, for someone like Zeneca, as the CEO of this organization, a lot of people wouldn't necessarily do that and take the time to go meet 333 people. But that's something that we thought was unscalable and incredibly valuable 
for us to do. From there, you start building on top of the thousand people. I think it's really important to communicate those values transparently and communicate according to those values. So candor, transparency, these are things that sometimes are hard to come by in the NFT space. You don't know who has investments in what or who has interest where or how things came to be. And so for us, communicating really transparently on a bunch of different topics, particularly for Zeneca, you know, whether it's projects that he advises in or invests in or has a financial stake in, I think that's really important because for us to do generally, because we spend so much time in the community talking to other people, talking about other projects and about people. We were also one of the first projects, if not the first, to publicly launch an ethical trading policy. And so this, this basically says, this is our policy on team members trading our own NFTs. This is what they can do. This is what they can't do. We published Zeneca's wallets are public. You know, so that's something that we really decided was important to us. And so we do our best every day to communicate along those lines, even when things are not good, right? Even when Zeneca cops flack for certain things, if, he, he's, if he's made investments in things that people don't like, or if we have to delay something that we said that we would deliver for the community, we talk about it, we put it out up front, we explain why, and we hope that that goodwill means that people trust us. And we've been really lucky that every time that we've had to do so to say, hey, here's some bad news, everyone. We have had nothing but an outpouring of support and gratitude for that transparency. Well, and I would imagine Blur is a great example of this, right? Like he is an advisor yes. to Blur. And there's been a lot of talk in the community about whether Blur is good or bad for NFTs, right? So how how do you guys deal with that, for example? Yeah, I mean, we talk about it as transparently as, as everyone else. I don't hide my feelings about that I think, and I say this in the Zen Academy Discord, that I think Blur has been a net negative. Yeah. Now, you know, that opinion aside, we talk about it. You know, we talk about it in team meetings. Right. And Zeneca makes a point of making himself available to the community and he answers people's questions when people ask them. And so I think that's just, you know, you go back to your principles, right, of that's how you guide, you know, or make the best decision you, that you can at any given point in time with the best information you can, you go back to what aligns with my principles and my values. And then you try and communicate those things as you go along and when you get asked. And every now and again, you go back and you look and you go, well, is this still aligned with my principles? Do I believe that they're still aligned with my principles? Why or why not? And people can disagree with you and people do disagree with you. People disagree with Zeneca. There are people in Zen Academy who think, you know, that Zeneca should do something different to what he's doing now. But at least that's out there and you're debating with civility. And I think people respect you for uh, putting out your logic, having logic, having reasoning. They can at least respect that you are a good person with good intentions and you're trying and you're thinking about it, even if they don't necessarily agree with the outcome. Yeah. And this is really important for everyone to wrap their head around. It's a building in public concept, right? And proof is another great example. Like there's been a lot of things that Kevin Rose and his team have done that a lot of members of the community have not liked, like CC0, which is giving away the rights to the moonbirds and changing their policies on that. 
the bad news about building in public is that not everyone's going to agree with every decision that's made, no matter what you do, right? The good news about it is when you can have a transparent and open dialogue, which Zeneca has had publicly on other people's shows, like I've listened to him and Carly Riley talk about this on overpriced JPEGs, and the same thing, obviously, with Kevin Rose. I think people respect the fact that there is a transparency about these things. And for example, you may not fully agree with the decisions that are made, but the philosophy in the world of Web3 is better to be informed, right? And to make a decision than to not know and to find out later, right? Which is a very different way of building. Would you agree? Absolutely right. I think that's right. I think Kevin and Proof is a great example. And full disclosure, I have a Moonbird and two oddities and probably some other random stuff. Full disclosure, I have Proof and Moonbirds as well, but keep going. <laughs> no, absolutely. And so I... Look, I absolutely love Kevin, but the example that you gave of CCO, I think was, was really interesting because that was actually a good example of where maybe the principle of it was actually what people had issue with more so than the decision. And I'm sort of like ambiguous on the decision, but I know for myself and for a lot of people, the fact that holders weren't consulted necessarily before that happened, I think that was the thing that actually made people unhappy. At least for me, that was the thing that was much, much worse than the decision it, itself of CC0 or not. Right. But Proof and Kevin, to, you know, who, to his credit, they have clearly you know, tried really hard to learn those lessons of communication and improve on it. And I love Kevin because I then go back to, you know, I mean, I, I followed Kevin since the early days of the Proof podcast before it was the community and it was the Modern Finance podcast, right? And his you know, educational spirit, his excitement about chromie squiggles, those sorts of things. After the initial pop of Gary Vee and podcast, that was like what really helped me find my love of the space. That's one of the big reasons why I spent so much time in the generative art community today in New York, you know, and so I will forever be grateful for those values, those principles that he brings day to day, you know, some bumps in the road, notwithstanding. Yeah. And Moral of the story here is nurturing a great community who really wants to stand by you involves taking some principles and living by them. And in, in many cases, it's about being transparent, right? And, and admitting when you've made a mistake. In the case of Kevin Rose, his new Mythics NFTs, they have written in the contract that you do own the rights to it and they're not revocable, right? So they've learned their lessons, right? And these are the kind of things that you live and learn. I mean, the world of Web3 is constantly ebbing and flowing. And, and is there anything else on the community side before I get to my next question? That Because I know I did interrupt you when I brought up the question about what we were just talking about. The last thing I'll say just briefly is that once you start growing your community, I think then prioritizing engagement with the community, but also just as importantly, between community members is really, really important. So you onboard people, you get attention, you build a Twitter following, you build a big Discord. That's all well and good. But to keep people coming back, you have to give them reasons to come back. You have to deliver value to them. And that value can come in all sorts of different ways, in financial ways, in content, in, you know, other, in, in other things. But for us, that might mean movie nights, trivia events, those sorts of things. But I think generally speaking, we care a lot about people finding other people, people finding their tribe, like you said earlier. And that's not just, you know, come for Zeneca, stay for the community, right? That's what we want people to do. Zeneca is still the top of funnel guy and he's still in Discord, but we want people to find other like-minded people, want to find future co-founders, future friends, and so forth 
and helping people find onboard successfully and find other people is really important to us. When we were preparing for this interview, one of the things we wanted to discuss is, which is a great next question in line of what you just said, which is how do you actually empower people in your community to be part of the community? Or how do you highlight certain members of your community? Maybe you could share some of the stuff you guys have done inside of Zen Academy on this front. Let me just start with the principle of it, which is, I really believe that one of the most powerful pieces of evidence of a strong community is that the best communities elevate people, the people within them, to something beyond what they can be as individuals. Now, that might be you give them a bigger reach, or that might be you make them smarter, happier, funnier, more informed, more educated, whatever it might be. But a person comes into Zen Academy as an 8 out of 10 we want them to develop into a 10, 11, 12 out of 10 and spread that within the ecosystem and continue to do good things. And so a really good example of that is the punks, right? People identify by the punks. It means something to be a punk holder on crypto Twitter. If you see that punk PFP, that means certain things. And likewise, we want people who have the Zen Academy purple crystal ball in their Twitter name, for example, or a Zen Academy banner on their prof- on their social media profile, we want that to mean something as well. So I think that's really, really important. More tactically, there's a couple of things that I can think of that we do to help empower people and really like highlight people. So one is giving them a platform to shine. Now that platform can be ours or it could be other people's, but really giving people more ways to express themselves and give to the community everything that they've got to give is fantastic. So a couple of examples there, we might have uh, special Discord channels for people who have proven their expertise within the Zen Academy community and have proven themselves to be valuable members. We might give them a Discord channel where they can push updates and they can teach other people their expertise. Yeah. Can you give us an example of maybe one or two of these channels that you've created? Yeah. So it'll be things like, trading tips, for example, for people who we know have a long track record of successfully, you know, flipping, and we know that that's something that our community is interested in, or it might be things like airdrop farming, which is a more niche area of crypto and NFTs, and is something that can be really hard to navigate by yourself, because it's confusing, and it is, it's hard to discover. Well, for the people that we know and trust, and who do those things full time, we might give you the ability to manage those channels. Or it might be something like we have a really strong Japanese community that we love, for example. So maybe you're not like a full-time person on the team, but we might trust you to represent Zen Academy in your local community and really kind of, you know, be informally responsible for growing that and keeping an eye on that community. I love that. There's some of the different ways within Discord that we can we can do that. So Discord is is one and then it's platforms outside of discord as well and so it's really connecting people with other people outside of the zen academy community so you might be looking for a lawyer or you might be looking for an accountant or a tax person you might be looking for a co-founder you might be looking for a platform to create presentations and educational courses and that sort of stuff we will try and connect people to whoever we think we you know we, whoever we think would benefit from their expertise as well. So that happens both within and outside of the community. 
quick question on this. How do you even get this information? I would imagine it requires you and your moderation team to really keep your eyes open and get to know these people in order to be even aware enough to know that there are people within the community that have this area of expertise. Any tips on how to keep your eyes open for these kinds of individuals? I would say you have to be curious. One of the things I tell my mod team from time to time is always ask one more question than you're naturally inclined to ask. And you will be amazed at what you can discover from doing that. So the simplest form of that is someone says, hi, you say, hi, how are you? They say, great. Now you can leave that conversation there or you can say, ask a question to the effect of, how are you really? And it's amazing whether that's in a one-on-one setting or a group setting, how much more people will open up to you and tell you about themselves. Because people have, uh, you know, have this sort of barrier up. Hey, how are you? Hi, good. You know, and that, and people answer that rope. But when you say, how are you really? You go, oh, you know what? Actually, I'm struggling with this, or I can't figure out how to do that, or I'm having this dispute. And I think that's the discovery process at its most basic level. That's the discovery process for getting to know people better, building deeper relationships. You do that multiplied by the 10 or so mods that we have, multiplied by the many, many hours that we spend in Discord, multiplied by the number of people that are in the community and coming to our community every day. That's the flywheel. That's how you amplify the impact that you have. That's how you start doing that at scale. Well, and I would imagine there are going to be some people that are also active in the community that are answering other people's questions and seem to have some domain expertise. Absolutely. And you start to keep track of that. Like this person is really good with taxes, for example, right? And this person's really good with art, right? Generative art, right? And that's when you start to maybe develop relationships with those people and assess whether or not they truly have that domain expertise and then maybe get them more actively involved in the community. Yes, absolutely. We build our Discord server to have, you know, an area for just about everyone, no matter what you're what you're looking for. But it also means that if you have expertise in something, there is a place for you to go to share that expertise as well. But yes, you know, I find that once you've started with a core community of people who are aligned with your values, people tend to attract other people who are like minded. And the people who come to this community and think that we are some sort of trading alpha group server where Zeneca shills random projects and then we dump them all and are disappointed and that's fine. And then they leave. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And some of that is always going to happen for, you know, people who aren't looking for what you have to to offer as well. And so I think over time, we've reached this wonderful place where a lot of it is self-policing, self-correcting. And there's this discovery process that happens that doesn't necessarily require a mod at all times to make sure that they are replying to every single message, every single conversation, or else nothing happens. You know, people will come in and pick up old friendships and old conversations and ask how people are going and ask how someone's family is going or whatever thing they were talking about a few days ago. I would love to hear about your brand ambassador program. Can you share a little bit about what this is and how it works just so people might be able to learn from it? Yeah. So the way I think about it a little bit is we want to give our really valuable community members what we're asking from them, which is, you know, a little bit of attention and love and, you know, really rewarding them for their loyalty and, the, and, and recognizing 
the impact that they've had on Zen Academy. So what we do is we invited probably about a dozen community members that the team thought have had a real track record of being particularly helpful and really demonstrating Zen Academy values. And we give them a vanity role within the Discord that means they stand out from everyone else. They sit higher on the in, in the channel when you see who's online than everyone else. And we talk to them. And it is a wonderful focus group for us, for us to sense check. You know, if we think that there's something controversial or if we think there's a difficult challenge or if we're trying to brainstorm ideas or solve something culturally, they're a wonderful resource for us. And what we ask in return is that if we have a particular message that we want to kind of amplify because maybe we're launching our PFP project, for example, we might go and ask them to, to go and, uh, and to go and support that. Or another great example is someone comes into Zen Academy and says, hey, I want to know whether the 333 Club NFT, which is a much more expensive NFT, is worth it. Well, I know that at least a couple of our brand ambassadors are members of the 333 Club. And so I can go to them and basically say, hey, say whatever you want. I would love for someone to answer this question, you know, share your experience, tell them whatever you think is true and is authentic to you, and they will go do that. And that is just a much better experience than someone like me that has the team, you know, in their, in their name, in their color, that's obviously a moderator kind of going in and saying, hey, this is what we do and kind of feeling like I have to settle people. It's much better if that comes from the community itself. And so this is really our way of, of recognizing those people who have really had an impact, trying to make that prestigious and notable and build and deepening that relationship. You know, it's building deeper relationships within the community of relationships that we already have at Z Academy without especially dedicated and wonderful members who have been with us for so long. Well, what I like about this a lot is it doesn't sound like there's any special NFT or anything and it's not paid either, right? These are just community members. That's right. Community members who are super active and you're rewarding them by giving them a new role that allows them to have a little bit of prestige inside the community. Whenever someone clicks on their profile, they'll see that they're a brand ambassador. And it's just a smart way really to get your customers activated who are your favorite, most loyal customers. I love this. Now, this next question is gonna be really important because obviously in the beginning, Zeneca was probably doing almost everything. <laughs> and then over time, the team, you, so many other people came in. So I would love to hear from your perspective of content, right? And when I say content, I don't just mean spaces or videos. I also mean kind of the messaging that goes inside of the Discord. What is the content strategy that you guys are employing over there at Zen Academy that helps the community? Wherever you want to go with this, I'd love to hear it. So content is the heart of how we came to be. Content is the heart of Zeneca and Zen Academy, you know, Zeneca first building a following. And to begin with, it was just tweeting daily stats. It was a really simple product market fit that no one else was doing. And he got incredible traction and built an incredible following. And so I think it's safe to say that content in all its forms, including the communication that you alluded to, for example, as well as the videos and the conferences and the spaces is really at the heart of everything that we do. So I'm definitely not the full-time content person at Zen Academy, but I do have one really strongly held belief Going back to what I said earlier about scaling the unscalable, what is the ultimate unscalable thing about Zen Academy? It's Zeneca himself. 
the man is up at all hours, but even he only has so many hours in the day and so many things that he can do, right? And so I really personally believe really strongly, and this is something I talk to the team about every week, I personally really believe that in order to scale content, we also have to scale Zeneca, or in other words, build up personalities behind Zen Academy and give other people the platform to create their own personalities and elevate them as well. Now, no one will ever replicate Seneca, but you don't have to, right? We have wonderful people like Emily who are so well sought after for her marketing expertise and has done such wonderful things for the Zen Academy brand. She is really at the heart of almost every good idea that we've had in the last years. And Emily is amazing. So giving her the opportunity to do that or giving Eddie to talk daily at our daily Twitter spaces, giving people on the team the ability to go to live events. When it makes sense for their interests, for their expertise, we should absolutely amplify the amount of places that Zen Academy can be by putting other people forward from within Zen Academy to do videos and events and become their own brand ambassadors in that way, whether or not they're sort of part of the team. And so I think doing that is the only way that we will truly be able to 10x the amount of content that we put out. And then you combine that with more traditional content strategies like recycling a lot of it and making sure that it hits a bunch of different markets. You take a long form piece of content, you turn it into short form or whatever. But the start of that flywheel is giving more people a platform, elevating more people into the space because everyone has such wonderful experience and backgrounds to share, whether that is you know, whether that's a business, an operational background or a financial background, or whether that's something in like mental health. And so you're running wellness spaces or whether your background is more in the technical side of things or whether you're an artist. And so we put out an, an ebook for, for artists and IP. All of those things is knowledge that exists within the Zen Academy team and the Zen Academy community. And I really believe in which working really hard to try and give people the opportunity to produce that. And I think it's a win-win-win for Zen Academy, the community, Zen Academy, the team and the, the company and the project, and those individuals who are putting that content out there. I love this strategy because my business, Social Media Examiner, has been around for nearly 15 years, which is kind of crazy to say. And in the beginning, it was just me, you know what I mean, doing podcasts and Eventually, over time, I started the social media marketing talk show and it was me and some other people. And then eventually I ended up hiring someone and his name is Jerry, who now runs the talk show. And now that is autonomously run, independent of me. And they talk about all the news that's going on. And I don't focus on that at all. And we have a really loyal following. And we've got another show that we're going to be launching in the social space. So it'll be our fourth show. And eventually, you know, you, you hire these people to do these things. And yes, they grow their own brands and eventually some of them move on, but it does allow the brand, in my case, Social Media Examiner, in your case, Zen Academy, it allows the brand to have lot, lots of different voices, you know, that are essentially uh, adding different perspectives and value to the community and it ends up strengthening the community. And it's definitely a more mature thing. Like I, I would imagine this isn't how it was in the beginning, right? <laughs> I'm sure that Emily and Ed, Eddie came along quite a bit later is my guess, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, it was Zeneca for a long time. And I think one of the other underrated things that it allows us or more specifically allows Zeneca to do is have a little bit more choice in where he spends his time. 
And by the way, for content, he absolutely loves content. So chances are he would probably choose to spend it on content. But the point is that we can take some of these things away from him if he wants to, because there's probably still nothing as valuable in Zen Academy as Zenek himself, his attention, his brand, his time. And so, you know, one of my visions and missions is really to take a bunch of stuff off Zeneca's shoulders. And that's a lot of our, a lot of our jobs day to day, doing things that he can't or doesn't want to, or frankly, it's just not worth his time to do. And the more that we can do that, the more everyone can really focus on, you know, driving towards the, the Zen Academy goals and contributing as individuals in whatever way they're best suited. Well, and it's great because, you know, he is regularly on Carly Riley's wrap-up shows, right? Like at least once a month. I would imagine there's no way he could have done that if you all didn't build the freedom for him to be able to do that and to go and speak at events and so on and so forth. Prater, this has been really absolutely fascinating to hear you as one of the OG, if you will, folks in the community side in the world of Web3 share your wisdom and your insights if people want to connect with you, what's your preferred social platform? And also, if they want to learn more about Zen Academy, where do you want to send them? You can find me on Twitter at Praetor underscore ETH. And for Zen Academy, we are just at Zen Academy and at Zeneca. And if you're new to NFTs, you can go to 30daysofnfts.com, 30daysofnfts.com. And we've onboarded thousands of people through email through that learning platform. It's P-R-A-E-T-O-R for those that are listening. Thank you so much for coming on. And by the way, it's a great email newsletter, which I did subscribe to. And you guys also have, I feel like you have multiple newsletters, don't you? Or is there other newsletters as well that they can find? Because I, I get some sort of a, a daily newsletter. Is that just because I belong to the community? or is Yes. It, okay. No, absolutely. Yeah. So there is a daily and then there is also a, so there's the Zen daily there. And then there's the Zen caps, which is a weekly newsletter. Yeah. that we produce summarizing everything that's happened in the space. And we find that's a good middle ground cadence for people. Well, folks, if you're relatively new or even been in the space for a very long time, I definitely recommend you join this community. Full disclosure, I am a token holder in this community. I'm not part of the 333 Club, but there's a reason why I've had Prater on the show and Zeneca on the show, because I think they're doing it right. Thank you so much, Prater, for coming on today. We're better because of it. Thank you very much for having me. We really appreciate it. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash W71. And are you new to this show? Follow us so you don't miss anything. And if you're a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram, at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter, and at Web3Examiner on Warpcast. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Web3 Business Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may Web3 continue to change your world. The Web3 Business Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. The information provided in the Web3 Business Podcast is provided solely for educational purposes. Do not treat what you hear as investment, trading, or financial advice. Do your own research. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.